Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Welcome back to the Steven Universe podcast. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and as we continue our exploration of the people and places that make up Steven Universe, we've come to Pearl. And I know you've heard me say it before, and you're definitely going to hear me say it again. Pearl is my favorite character, so I'm very excited about today's episode. Of course, we've got Dee Dee Magno Hall, who voices Pearl, back on the show, and she'll be with Michaela Dietz, the voice of Amethyst. We're also going to be talking to director Joe Johnston and storyboard artist Jeff Liu about Pearl, and specifically the episode Mr. Greg. And Rebecca Sugar and Ian Jones Cordy return to give us some insight into the creation of Pearl, from her design, to her hair, to her nose, and how she fits into the past, present, and future themes of Steven Universe. And of course, we're going to be talking with Pearl directly as well. So we're going to find out how she feels about getting a real driver's license and maybe even what kind of car she'll drive if that happens. So lots of fun conversation and in-depth discovery about Pearl in today's show. So let's get started with Michaela Dietz and Dee Dee Magno Hall. How are you guys doing? Oh, just dandy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. How are you? I am well. I am doing well. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Just (laughs) We're already off to a great start. We're already off to a great start. So we're talking today. We're talking about Pearl. Um, (laughs) Which is something you know about, Dee Dee. You've you've heard about her. A little bit. So Pearl is, uh, I'm going to be real, um, Pearl's my favorite character. You are just pulling my leg right now. Mine too, mine too, mine too. I'm not. I am I am <laughs> a Pearl kidding. fan. Oh, that's so I mean, sweet. I love the sh- everyone on the show. I mean, yeah. But like, yeah. But I'm I've always been, but I've show. always been, I've always been partial a little bit. You know, there's always a little. Mackenzie averted her eyes when she was, <laughs> she's like, I like everyone in the show. No, no. no. Oh, no. You're so silly. Okay, listen, listen, listen. No, I've always found her really intriguing, I guess. It's like, the you know, there's all the backstory with her and Rose and everything that happened, you know, like, that happens before the setting of the show. I think that just makes her really, really interesting character. Um, what do you think that if you had to, like, sum up Pearl and what your perception of her is when you're, like, you know, doing your voice in the booth, if you had to, like, say... Just sum up her character in a few words. What would you say? Oh, I would say responsible, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, dedicated, yes, uh, faithful. Uh, she's a hard worker, mm-hmm. and even though uh, she may come off a little bit, um, how do you say 
strict or um, high strong, uh, high strong. <laughs> what I think it's all out of out of love. If she can say that, mm-hmm. if she can really you know express that, but out of um, out of care. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of like my personal life, I guess. Oh yeah, you know, I try. That's what I try to do and try to teach my kids. Mm-hmm. But um, it's so funny. I thought, I don't know why I thought I read this in the description of the character when I first auditioned for Pearl. And when I first auditioned for the show, it was for Pearl and Sadie. Oh, um, I did not know you auditioned for Sadie. Yeah, That's so I auditioned funny. for Sadie. And, um, but, but I don't know why. I don't know if I made it up in my mind when I read the description um, that she was sort of like a motherly type to Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, because then later, later down, and then I, and then I, they just took that and I ran with it and I just kept saying that and believing that. Um, and then I heard Rebecca say something about how originally she wasn't like very motherly, uh, to Stephen. And, and it sort of evolved into that because I was, I'm a mom and maybe that's just sort of what I brought to the table every read. Mm-hmm. It just sort of came across that way. And so it turned into more of that. But originally, I don't know how I, I mean, I don't, I guess I made it up. I don't know. <laughs> that one misread word just changed maybe, the character in the show I, for all time. I, well, I don't know. About that. <laughs> I don't have anything to do about that, uh, do with that. But, but I, I feel like I don't, I guess I must've made it up or something. No, I, I, cause I read this sides. I didn't audition for Pearl, but I read this sides for it. She definitely seemed more maternal to me than say Garnet or certainly okay. Amethyst. But I think like you definitely brought it to a new level. I mean, you're a super mom in real life, so like, well, I try. It <laughs> elevated the mom, yeah, the mom quotient for Pearl there. I yeah. think that was the. But the it difference. works. I mean, I, as someone who's in the booth watching her, what I think Dee Dee really hits every time she delivers a Pearl line is like Pearl's just so like morally centered it seems she always does or tries to do the right thing mm-hmm. she does what she thinks is is totally correct. yeah totally mm-hmm. yeah yes yeah i think that's I except think that's when totally she was true. lying to garnet yeah okay yeah that was a, except that, that time except that we don't time. talk about that no no oops it's well that's the thing is like her whole character is like filled with these like I, it feels like contradictions, you know? It's like, I think that's what makes her interesting. It's like, you know, there's like the... And relatable. Like, yeah. It's like nobody's nobody fits this stereotype or does the same thing in every situation, Nobody's you know? perfect. Right, yeah. Right. So not like, even perfect. Not even perfect. <laughs> exactly. I think that, I think that like, <laughs> you guys are laughing at way more than I thought you were going to. <laughs> the, um, the, the thing about Pearl, I think, is like, like the thing I mean with contradiction is like she's like you know she's a mom but she's also an alien rebel like you know so like those don't necessarily normally get paired hand in hand when it comes to developing characters it's like yeah well she's really motherly she's kind of strict you know she wants to take care of Steven also she fought an alien revolutionary also war she kicks that. butt yeah exactly yeah. exactly so she's like you know she's she's that's what makes her. There's a lot of character. moms like that, Mackenzie. I know. I a believe lot it. of moms who multitask. Not in not in TV. I feel like though. Uh, well, you know, like there's not as many TV? in TV. That's hmm. that's the thing. Is like there's that's what I I really like about the show in general is that it has characters that break those molds. You know. Yeah. There's it's she's a mom, but she's also gonna 
you know, like you said, she's going to kick some butt. Like, she's yeah. going to tag along and, and do her thing, and well, it's going to be great. all the more to love this show. Exactly. Dee Dee's a mom, and she kicks butt in my life. I know. She slays I on stage. It. You ever heard this lady sing? I have. Oh, God. She's so real. I know. Yeah. That's do very dazzle I got chills. jam? Uh, uh, maybe, perhaps later. <laughs> <laughs> maybe later. Okay, okay. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that I think was really fun for Pearl in recent episodes was the last one out of Beach City where Pearl yes. runs from the police <laughs> it seems oh like the most goodness. anti like if you'd if you'd watch you know episode one season one and you saw Pearl's like well you know Steven the cookie cats and whatever and then you know <laughs> skip to season three Steven we have to get away from the cops you know like it's it's definitely a pivot um so like I said nobody's Pearl yeah. <laughs> what was it like 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 sort of flipping the script there. You know, it's so funny because um, we were just talking about this before. Michaela thought that we were in the booth together when we recorded, but I could have sworn that I was in Chicago. I was on tour with If Then um, when I had to record that. And so I did a phone uh, record uh, with Rebecca, and I just remember recording the the words and, um, and then saying shortly after, Oh my goodness, my kids are going to see this. I think <laughs> how am I going to tell the story? Then? How am I going to explain yeah. this to my children? <laughs> yeah. don't, don't run a red light, it's not children. Good. It's not it's not good to run from authority. Uh, yeah, that was a that was you know what I felt like that was sort of a just another character mm-hmm. that I played. Yeah, and, yeah. And that I, you know, I just sort of had to the way that that episode was too, it was kind of like a movie. You know, mm-hmm. and and it was almost like it wasn't. It was almost like it wasn't real or an alternate reality. Yeah, and um, which was so fun to to like sort I of play the episode. play the bad guy. Yeah, you know that's always fun, um, especially as an actor. You know, you want to kind of do all kinds of things, and um, so I, I I had I had fun with it. Although I did worry how I was going to explain it to my kids, <laughs> and then when we watched it. They never asked me about it. <laughs> I just kind of was w- sitting there wait- waiting for the questions, and, ne- and it never came. They don't. I mean, I don't know. The kids don't know how driving works. Like, like I think they like, were just. That? I think they were just. You know, and they enjoyed the episode for what it was, and and you know, and it was like that was it. It was mm-hmm. like, and then you know, the channel changed, or we had lunch or something. Yeah. <laughs> and then that was it. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. But that was fun. I mean, it was fun, but I was nervous. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I think you mentioned, you said that like, it's like, it was a different character and I totally agree. Cause like, it felt like that whole episode Pearl was putting on like a front, you know, it was like, yeah. she was playing. It was like, you're playing a character who's like kind of trying to fit that mold of like a, a rebel, uh, right. you know, classic, leather jacket collar popped whatever and uh, do you see look, how that doesn't work it didn't work for her she just, just had to do have, her you have to just be yourself mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. be yourself exactly embrace it yeah and i, I think own it the the rebel look it. like it doesn't mean that she's not a rebel you know but it just she didn't have to she didn't have to put on a, a yeah. rebel uniform she was already <laughs> cool she but, was already cool i don't know maybe like i i don't feel like she was trying to be anyone else i think she was just enjoying that moment like there's somebody who caught her eye who reminded her of an old friend like yeah she just wanted to have fun she it's cool to just like have a good time every now and then yeah yeah i, I remember they she was the she noticed though i well i noticed anyway the worry in amethyst and steven's yeah. eyes 
Ivy. Steven's a voice of reason. <laughs> yes, yes. You know that's a problem. When the yeah. child, when Amethyst the ch- is a voice of reason. Right. Yeah, when Steven and Amethyst are like, okay, bro, maybe we, yeah. should, maybe we should rethink reel, this. Reel it in a little yeah. bit. I remember recording... Um, the lines were like, Stephen and Amethyst are trying to coach you on how to flirt. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good, too. Oh, it's so Amethyst funny. Amethyst is like, okay, we already know you're cool. You could start with the nerd. You don't have to yeah. try and approach this girl. You don't have to. You're in a little low over your head. Well, she, uh-huh. she pro killed it though. Like she got the she got the number. Being um, herself. Yeah, exactly, yep. exactly. Yep. So if, if people don't, if you're yourself and people don't love you for it, then I mean it's their loss. I think that's a really cool message that the yeah. show. It's, yeah. it's like reinforced a lot. But and, don't run the red light. But don't run the red Safety light. If that's first. yourself, then don't yeah, be yourself. <laughs> don't be that self. Be somebody else. Be like, the law-abiding just self. When you're, yeah. Just when you're driving. Like, <laughs> that's Safety key. Safety first. Yes. Safety first. Oh, sorry, were you going to say something? Oh, no. I just want to give a shout-out to all the uh, Mystery Girl cosplayers out oh, there. Oh, my gosh. I feel like they've really stepped it up. It really yes. is a like, Amazing. Yeah. And so yeah. many phone numbers. Yeah. <laughs> have you gotten numbers? I have. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I love that. That that people have straight up given you numbers. That's incredible. Have you ever Just, called one? <laughs> no, they, they weren't real numbers. Oh, Not okay. that I would know. Yeah. Eight hundred dollars. <laughs> no, last year was it last year or the year before? I think um, Jen Paws dressed up as as Mystery Girl for Halloween. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I saw before. a picture yeah. of that or something. Yeah, so cute. <laughs> Did you get her number? Uh, did, well, I had her number. Yeah, already. yeah, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, talking about Pearl and Amethyst's relationship, there was a lot of tension between them early in the show. We touched on that. But it, it it's changed so so much. Why do you think? Like, what do you think happened that that caused that? Like, because it wasn't. I don't think. But like, you know, on the run was a big thing. But I mean, they still sort of bickered after that over time. But it felt like it sort of slowly ironed out. What do you think changed in each of them? I feel like they've they've always had sort of a relationship, like either like uh, you know brother sister, like siblings, mm-hmm. um, also best friends. Mm-hmm. Um, or even like mother daughter, totally, yeah. You know that fa- family relationship, that dynamic, and it's like a, a love hate r- relationship. But definitely, you know, I I feel like Pearl cares so much for Amethyst, and you know, much like how I have to reprimand my children, it's not because I don't love them. You know, it's because I love them that I want to make sure that they're okay and that they're doing the right thing and um, whatever that might be and. You know, just making sure that they do what they should be doing, kind mm-hmm. of thing, and um, keeping them in line, so to speak. Yeah. But, and yeah. I think that I think um, Amethyst, you know, I think it's totally reciprocal. Like she, she loves Pearl, and she, or would I say, mutual? There, yes, words, reciprocal. words words okay so yeah the, the love is mutual but um i i do think that in the earlier seasons when there's a lot of tension between the two i think that kind of coincided with amethyst she was having this like existential crisis and i think once she sort of understood that okay you're okay you're here you're different you may not know exactly where you come from but you're all right you have a family around you who loves you garnet 
Pearl, Steven, um, and there are bigger problems in the world. Like you guys have to ward off potential invaders, et cetera. So I think once Amethyst kind of emerged from her sort of teenage uh, dark years, <laughs> she was able to understand that, um, you know, a lot of Pearl's actions or words, actually, they they did come from a place of love and it wasn't actually criticism. Yeah. Um, so I think that was like a, a large part of their bonding. I totally agree. Yeah. I, I also always felt like, I mean, if you look at like the flashback episodes of Pearl and Amethyst, they, they seem to be, you know, Pearl's kind of nagging her like, you know, she does, but they don't, there's never like the bickering that you see in early season one where they just like can't be in the same room together. Like yeah. they just are like constantly going at it. Um, I feel like it probably caused a lot of tension when Rose passed away um, or mm. whatever, you know, didn't pass away, but like gave up her, gave physical, up her form. physical form. Yeah, that, that's the correct term. <laughs> yeah, uh, but when, yeah, when Rose was gone, it, it, I think that probably caused a lot of the issues because, you know, Rose was a figure for Pearl. Rose was a figure for Amethyst to, to yeah. um, feel like, you know, she wasn't messed up, you know, like I, I I think that that probably caused a lot of the tension. What do you guys think? Sure, sure. And I'm sure a lot of kids that have had loss in their mm-hmm. yeah. families can relate to that. Too. Yeah, it takes just time. Yeah, when she left, I mean, that 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 left a huge sort of void in sort of the familial structure. So people had to come in and replace those roles. And then maybe, you know, it's just like people, if you're not used to it, that could be a jarring experience. Mm-hmm. So. And Steven had to find his place in it, too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I think that that was... It's, I, that's my favorite part of the show. <laughs> I also love that Steven diffuses a lot of... Yeah, he yeah, does. ...that tension, you know, he's between... Able to totally. Yeah. <laughs> he's just... He's so wonderful. You guys. Yeah. Please stop. Yeah. Don't fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just a good a good and wholesome boy. Yeah, He's yes. a great little guy. <laughs> great okay. little mole role model. I yeah. said mole. Mole, mole model. I'm like, mole is rattle. he spying? <laughs> is he really an agent of the home world? <laughs> what is this? That would be quite a twist. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much again for coming on and talking to me. Thank you. Thanks, Mackenzie. All right. Let's talk next about the very Pearl-centric episode, Mr. Greg, with two of the Crewniverse members who storyboarded it. Director Joe Johnston and storyboard artist Jeff Liu are coming up. All right, I am sitting here with Joe Johnston, supervising director, and Jeff Liu, storyboard artist on Steven Universe. How are you guys doing today? Thank you so much for coming. Doing good. Doing great. Glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. So today we're going to be talking about uh, Mr. Greg, which is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's like the last episode that you guys storyboarded on together, right? Yes. That you were... That's yeah. correct. Right, yeah. Long ago. <laughs> I'm just going to look longingly at Joe. <laughs> Reminisce think, on the past. Think of old times. Yes. <laughs> That's before Joe moved on to become my supervisor. Yes. <laughs> now I look up to him. <laughs> I've always been taller than you. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> so do you guys have any, like, any of the musical theater influence in the episode is really obvious, but, like, mm-hmm. have you guys, do you guys have any of those influences in, in your past? Well, uh, we both have musical right, uh, right. music uh, influences in our past. We both grew up playing music. I played violin and was in orchestra for a long time. Jeff, like, is the real musician. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I started playing music, I guess, for real, for real, like, at the end of high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I took piano lessons when I was in elementary school, but I didn't uh, understand it. <laughs> 
and then just for uh, for a long time, I didn't play music until high school. I realized that I really liked it, and then I just kind of uh, I took a few guitar lessons, but I didn't learn that much from them other than uh, a few scales. And then I I've been teaching myself music since since the end of high school, just making small things in GarageBand and uh, like learning music theory and just playing stuff. Yeah, yeah, very nice. So what was your reaction like when you guys learned that you're, there's going to be a musical episode and that you guys were going to do it? There was no surprise that no. there was going to be a musical episode. <laughs> right, right, it was, right. Uh, just inevitable that that was going to yes. happen. <laughs> yeah, it was really exciting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like it was a moment where the show was really like getting a chance to shine. Like, like mm-hmm. Rebecca loves musicals and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was very like I think we were excited and we were also oh boy, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Jumping in, yeah. This will be fun. It's it's different when you're writing an episode. Well, at, writing as a board artist when you're writing an episode with as many songs as Mr. Greg has, because actually the songs are kind of written and you're sort of just boarding to the songs, but it's the in-between stuff is always the sort of more tricky parts. I think that was the more tricky sections in that episode of, was trying to get from song to song. Because mm-hmm. um, the songs themselves, they were just kind of like, they were there, they were ready for us to sort of dive into. Mm-hmm. And you just had to figure out a way to connect the in-between mm-hmm. spots. Connect yeah. the dots, yeah. Yeah. So you guys have also done a lot of Pearl episodes in the past. What did you guys think that – how has Pearl changed, you think, since since early season one and then going to all the way through uh, Mr. Greg? Well, I feel like at Mr. Greg, Pearl has gone through a lot of changes since the beginning of the show. Mm. And she's really finally found the courage to like accept some of her uh, her insecurities and to talk about them. And, like, throughout the beginning of the show, she really does not want to admit that she has anything, like, any imperfection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, we've done a lot of episodes with Pearl and sort of we've been able to really be on that train and track that that change um, with her. That was And that was, like, one of the most exciting things when we started the show and Rebecca was sort of getting us into the story was we realized that all these characters had a bunch of flaws and a bunch of things that they were working through. And it was just going to be this big, long ride of sort of just diving into each one of those little stories. So what makes uh, Pearl interesting? Like the flaws you talked about, uh, the unwillingness to talk about the flaws, right? That's a that's a flaw in and of itself, right? She's a character of like like 180 degree shifts. <laughs> and she's, she lives in this balance between like being completely feeling completely right and then feeling completely wrong Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah she takes it really hard on herself when she she feels like she's failed Mm. and it's it's almost it's super unfair to herself as well because she she has such a high expectation of how perfect she wants to be and then when she makes a mistake she like she like really loses it and it yeah i feel really bad for her (laughs) and it's it's fun to push those extremes with her both sort of in a comedy way when she's messing up or or acting uh in a way you don't expect or when she's really internalizing something or or things are getting very dramatic like those moments too or they're both sides of those are just super super interesting Mm -hmm. to to write and to storyboard yeah yeah i like what you guys said about like the extremes like Mm -hmm. it it feels like when she does mess up it means like oh that means i'm just completely worthless you know like Mm -hmm. but if she's not messing up she's like okay well then i'm actually perfect and i never get anything wrong so Mm -hmm. um 
I think that's what makes her really interesting to me personally. From Mr. Greg, what are some favorite Pearl moments or just any of the Pearl episodes you guys have worked on? Favorite, let's see, from from Mr. Greg, I, I like her song. Yeah. The most. Um, that was like the thing that Rebecca wanted to do and she had such a clear idea. Like all the whole, I feel like the whole musical is sort of centered around that song and then and then the one with Greg afterwards. Mm-hmm. It's, it was just for that. That's that's the whole reason we, we made that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, yeah, I really love that song. And the dancing. The dancing's fun. <laughs> Truth. I'm trying to think of good Pearl moments. There's, there's so many. Yeah. There is. Um, I really liked working on Sworn to the Sword. Yeah. Mm. Like, I got to storyboard the scene where she's, um, she's both teaching Connie how to sword fight and kind of teaching Connie about her past. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was really fun doing the, like, the, the flashback sequence where you see just a little snippet of Pearl fighting during the war. Right. And like, yeah, and just her seeing the courage that she is trying to draw out of her, her past and to become a stronger version of herself. Yeah. And that was the first glimpse we got of the war, too. Oh, yeah, which yeah. Was like, which was like a yeah. big, it was a big deal. Yeah, it's, it's always fun when we get to do these little piecemeal bits of, of the past and just, just handing out little morsels. You also did the fun the fun bit where, it, was it Stephen imagining Pearl jumping in front of Rose in every action and getting poofed. Oh yeah, yeah. And then, like, oh, yeah. was that just like his? I can't remember. Was that just his imagination, or was that a? Pro- it wasn't a projection. That was no. That was Garnet telling the story to Stephen about how yes. Pearl used to act. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and like just showing how Pearl was trying so hard to be like a, this like rebel, but like it was almost like she was she was pushing herself too hard. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, on the like the let it's Pearl, 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 and then Connie. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Steven's just like, I gotta go. Pearl, she has a pattern, and yeah, I mean, yeah, all the characters have patterns, and mm-hmm. it's like I feel like that's kind of the fun thing about the show is like the characters are like learning about their patterns and learning how to find a balance, find a more balanced version of that for themselves that mm-hmm. is healthier. I remember that one that scene you guys are talking about with the the imagined scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a line. This is completely random, but Amethyst delivers a line where she's like. Why are you standing there so sad like that? She <laughs> was like hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I really liked writing that one. <laughs> was it like written so that, or was it just like she did an alternate take or something? That was one that I just, I I wrote that line. <laughs> yeah. You were like, she's going to just be furious. <laughs> I think I just needed some comedy. To yeah, like, it needed something. It and like Amethyst is really good at being like, like emotionally like, like direct, but also fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a good. It's a really good uh, foil to Pearl's, like the drama of Pearl's, like her emotional state, and then Amethyst can kind of have a lighter take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was that was a fun moment. I just could not ask. Um, yeah. I remember when you. I remember when you because we used to pitch stuff to each other uh, in our office. It's just back and forth all the time, and I remember like. It was just such a sad drawing, Stephen. <laughs> and then you just like made Amethyst like really aggro. <laughs> just like why? And we, it was, and when I was just like, yeah, why is he st- you know, sad like that? It's a really sad drawing. It's just, he shouldn't be sad. He was stuck in his head. He was. This he is, was stuck in his. I head. feel like Stephen. He like he really cares so much about the other gems, and he gets really. He like he really wants to help them all, but it's it's also to his detriment too. Where he's yeah. like, like he's like, oh no, pearls. Uh, and then, like Amethyst is like, "Hey, like, come on, snap out of it. Take care, of, take care of yourself." Where did he get the book? Where oh. do you think he got the book? <laughs> oh, how to talk to people? How to talk yeah, to people? yeah, oh. yeah. Hmm. 
I bet Pearl was like. <laughs> I feel like he may have found lot. it in Greg's storage unit or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Thing too. <laughs> I, I just, I really, I want to like, like put that into an episode. Like, just, I, I want to like dive into that moment of like, hmm, I, I, I don't know how to talk to Connie about this. Who should I consult? And then he like goes and like happens. He either happens to find the book or he goes like to find a book that will help him. I don't know. Infomercial, yeah. like infomercial yeah. too. That could be a, another approach. Oh, but I really like it. a lot of them could use that back sometimes <laughs> <laughs> when they're not getting along. So back to Pearl. Sorry. Um, what else are you guys uh, working through this episode? Obviously, it was very. I mean, it was just very ambitious, but. It felt like a lot built up to it. So was there yeah. like a pressure there since you knew that, you know, you'd said that it was inevitable this episode where you like, uh, I got to deliver, you know, there were like it all came from the beginning of the show. Right. Like there were just all these inevitabilities set up right from the beginning. Amethyst and Pearl are butting heads right from the get go. You knew that there was going to be an episode that dealt with that. And that was on the run. Um, but the Pearl and Greg thing wasn't really. That wasn't quite from the beginning. I feel like that was sort of sprinkled in as it went. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of as we developed the story more about of of Greg and Rose's past and how they met and how the other gems felt about him. I think as we developed that, we developed the more of the Pearl Greg side of things. Well, there's, yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, development that just throughout the show. What What episode is... Mr. Greg, how many episodes in? That is 84. Right. Yeah. So like all of these character interactions that we're seeing in that episode, they only mean as much as they mean because of all the the times that we've seen the characters beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. It it takes 80 episodes to get to a story like this. So there is like your question was about like, was there pressure? Yeah. I feel like in general... In order to just make the show work, yeah, there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. just because it, it, we just have to uh, be so, like, aware. Uh, there's also, like, story <sighs> pressure, I feel like. <laughs> like, with Pearl and Amethyst, that was, like, a pressure cooker. And it was gonna, we were gonna have to take the lid off of that at mm-hmm. some point. And that was the same thing with this one. I feel like it was just, like, it's gonna simmer and simmer for a while. And then when it was ready, it was gonna yeah, time yeah. to eat that story. <laughs> yeah. 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 I like that. I like that metaphor. <laughs> the, um... I didn't think about what you said either about, like, I hadn't thought about the fact that they didn't really explicitly ever say, you know, Pearl doesn't like Greg for this reason, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they had this, uh, basically this uh, rivalry over uh, Rose. And there were hints like that, even in, like, episode uh, two, that, like, Pearl doesn't like Greg, you know, she doesn't necessarily think he's competent, but it wasn't really sure. It wasn't really clear. I don't know why I'm saying that, but well, I, yeah, I, I, I think I think Rebecca had clear ideas about sort of the sort of the relationship, but she didn't have the timeline sort of mm. down for it. That was something that kind of came later because it like it's it really comes in. I think what's the one where Pearl's fixing the van the entire episode? House guest, house guest, yeah, that's the one where we really saw like <laughs> a moment where like oh Pearl is yeah. Not into Greg, and right. I guess we'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it was like it was like oh, she doesn't like she doesn't particularly like humans. It it seemed like you know. So yeah, I, I get what you mean about the yeah. pres- pressure cooker. Yeah, she just likes Steven. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you guys so much for coming and talking to me. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us. No problem. And from some of our favorite Pearl episode moments, we turn to her creation. 
Steven Universe creator Rebecca Sugar and former executive producer Ian Jones-Cordy are going to give us an inside look at the making of Pearl, from her design to her personality to her relationship with Amethyst. We'll discover what makes Pearl so relatable and such a fan favorite coming up. All right, I am here with Ian Jones-Cordy and Rebecca Sugar. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so today we're talking about Pearl. So uh, first off, what what's the earliest concept that you guys can remember? For Pearl in development. <laughs> oh, that's a Rebecca question. I trying to remember. I mean, before we had anyone, we had Stephen. That was the first character, and then I think the Garden Amethyst and Pearl were all kind of coming into existence at the same time. Um, I think, and the earliest concept for all of them was sort of to just split different ways that I would interact with my brother Stephen into yeah. these characters. Mm-hmm. And so the earliest thought for Pearl was that she would be sort of the embodiment of my know-it-all side towards Stephen. That made it really easy to define her in some of those early ones because Stephen was like a rambunctious, annoying kid. And then Pearl was kind of like the know-it-all sort of figure. And there was a lot of... um, there was like a lot of natural chemistry between those t- those two types of characters. Yeah, I think she was always going to be the most neurotic, and there was always some element of Pearl that was kind of like when I catch myself sounding like my mom. <laughs> um, and I think from there, getting to know Dee Dee really ch- changed Pearl a lot. She oh yeah, shaped for sure. Pearl. Yeah, and I remember when we were casting her thinking like I don't I don't know if we're going to find somebody who sounds like this character sounds in my head and then Dee Dee just mm-hmm. came in and it was perfect it was perfect yeah. I was I, love her. I was floored Yeah and I remember uh what's it called uh early on she wasn't as smug as she became and I remember when she got like when, thing, she was more worried she was more she like was... she was more worried and more like kind of like the info dump kind of character and then later, I think we got into, like, Smug Pearl. I remember um, when Paul did, at the beginning of Warp Tour, Oh yeah, Pearl and Amethyst talking. And that really, for me, crystallized a lot about Pearl's character, where she was just like, she's very happy to give someone else props, but she's also like, well, I did this, and I'm great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> she was very smug throughout that whole episode. Yeah. Steven... I, I remember she was like a complete savage to Steven with that one with the, the stickers and everything. I really liked it. Yeah. So what was the process? We're talking about the personality. What was the visual development like? She, I was having the hardest time with her design at the pilot stage. I was trying so many different things. Yeah, she was the most difficult, I remember. And I had a theory with Angie, with our with our prop designer, Angie Wang, who was helping me with everyone's costumes early on, we were, we were talking about, she came up with the idea that they sort of represent the past, the present, and the future. Mm-hmm. So Pearl was the past. So we were trying to figure out. And we had some really early designs that already sort of incorporated the tuxedo yeah. look. I think yeah, that was with Helen also. On. Yeah. yeah. Um, but we knew that we wanted her to still, like, still feel alien and otherworldly, but just have this sense of being old somehow. That was kind of challenging. And then when we got to working on the show, I really wanted to dig into her because I wanted there to be something about her features and face and body that was really special. She she was sort yeah. of 
a lot of things I was doing in the pilot were like my go-tos for the way a face would look. Because she she ended up like embodying that kind of past in the show, like as as a character, because mm-hmm. she was the one who she's would always the reference most, the origins of things. She's mm-hmm. the most obsessed with the past. And then, like I remember, her look kind of became like our idea of what the look of gems from the past was. Like her early look with the uh, translucent skirt. Mm-hmm. And that, like that kind of look, became sort of our idea of, oh, this what in the Gilded Age of gems, this is kind of like what they looked like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we had to kind of invent that, yeah, and then have her relate to that. Mm-hmm. I think also uh, a lot of what we did with Pearl is really designed to be in contrast to Amethyst because they're mm-hmm. so different from each other. Yeah. Uh, so I, with the two of them, I was looking or I was thinking a lot about sort of Apollonian versus Dionysian symbols, like a rigidity to Pearl, this this harsh direction, just like very pointed, as opposed to Amethyst, who uh, is yeah. has curves and is um, loose. Yeah. And there's also a theory of uh, clothes too like com- comedians either having their clothes be too tight or too loose mm-hmm. so I was Amethyst like, was too Amethyst loose. is too loose and Pearl, Pearl is too, too tight, tight. Yeah, yeah it's like these two and actually that types, always opposed to each that's other. like where the nose came from once Pearl had that <laughs> nose everything started to make sense yeah because um before her hair kind of went up and it was sort of um it wasn't a well-defined shape it was kind of just like a very generic kind of tuft of hair and on a kind of generic face. And then once she had the nose, suddenly you always knew which direction she was pointing. Mm-hmm. And then as a counterbalance, the rest of her head became a cone. Right. And and then it it, it became her silhouette became like very better defined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. We had a I was trying to work in the, the cone sphere cube design principle yeah. <laughs> for the oh, yeah. thought about for that. the three of them um yeah yellow yellow cone red cube blue sphere yeah and then steven is a heart steven's a heart yeah, yeah. his head is like heart shaped but everyone is three-dimensional but like there was like there was like that idea of basing them off of simple shapes and making them more dimensional which is always funny to me about like their designs from the pilot to the show because they became so much more three-dimensional uh, at least to us when we were drawing them because right, like the in the show. pilot they were kind of like it was a little wishy-washy I remember drawing like those pilot designs like really mm-hmm. early on so I, I worked on the pilot and then the, the first pi- couple the- episodes I worked on we used the pilot design still mm-hmm. and I remember being like well this is sort of okay they just weren't they weren't deci- as decisive they weren't decisive yeah. the, the final designs were more based on Nintendo 64 Oh yes, Pilot Wings, Spe- especially Pilot Wings, yeah. but also like Ocarina of Time Link, yeah, which is really right. where Pearl's nose comes from. Yeah, I'm always I'm obsessed with Link's nose. I always want, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want I, it back. I want it back. <laughs> I think it's weird how they've made his nose smaller, and now he just looks like a normal person. He right? Should have, he should have like a huge honking nose. He's still got the ears. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the lack of nose, he's just less fun looking. Right. I don't know. You gotta commit. Yeah. Like otherwise. So so can you explain what you mean by like three dimensional 
in terms of oh yeah yeah sure they're like puppets they're like Mm -hmm. like pearl's head is a sphere with a cone sticking off of it Mm -hmm. uh you you could rotate it around they're like there's like a low poly quality to that right um which is something that they can bend and stretch which is why everyone can draw them differently but if you sort of strip them down to the basics they're almost like little wooden maquettes and we would and we would draw them that way too and that would be everyone's sort of baseline but then from there they can stretch and yeah, I mean, we're talking about Pearl right now, but I remember we had a, we had a pretty easy we had a pretty big breakthrough early on when Garnet when we realized oh she's like an action figure she has a segmented torso that can spin around she has legs that move on an axis in relation to her hips mm-hmm. stuff like that and then we realized oh we can kind of work backwards with other characters in that way so Pearl became like. This sort of like very like lollipop short sort of figure where we had this very directional head on this body that was small enough that it was always kind of following where her head was pointing. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. um, and same thing with with Stephen and Amethyst where they became like a lot more solid and like they're instead of being kind of like lumpy and spilling over the edges, they became like a lot more defined and decisive. One of the things that I always used to talk to the to like boarders or actually anyone who draws for the show is like if you're like kind of like making like half decisions on the characters like they don't look like the characters anymore like they're too sketchy or they're too I don't know what I don't know what you know what I'm talking about Well you need I mean I think they need their big benchmarks in order for you to know Yeah like Pearl's nose can get bigger or longer or pointier but like it's got to be there it has to be there you can't shallow it out to the point and i I felt a little bit like on the pilot i was kind of drawing drawings of people but by the show i was drawing drawings of cartoon characters yeah acting like people which is what i really wanted to yeah which which was like i mean i wanted them to be cartoons first we would have gotten there in the pilot maybe if we had like another round or two a little more time yeah yeah well there was there was a stretch i think it was about like a week or a week and a half where I didn't know yet if we were going to be doing the show, but I knew that if we did, I didn't. I wanted them to look different, yeah, and I, I was just that. in my cube with a sketchbook and Copics, just furiously drawing for like a solid week, just yeah, over just more and more and more and more drawings of these characters, and I think I actually got like sick from the markers. <laughs> yeah, I remember you mentioning yeah. that. With, and you showed that sketchbook. The, but it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, the more times you draw a character, the the like the more solid they become. Yeah, and, and like, you start to get a shorthand, and once you get the yeah. shorthand, you realize what you don't need anymore because yeah. you keep, you're omitting it when you have to go fast, and everybody has to go fast. And also just... Television animation. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> of the scale of the work, they need to be like recognizable like the first time you see them. Like... Mm-hmm. Or else, like, if it's a character where it's, like, they all have the same silhouette, like, you won't be able to understand who they are, like, from a quick sketch. Or, I, I think the know. big thing, too, is just that boiling them down, like, every aspect of how they looked had to relate to who they yeah. are. Yeah. So, like, Pearl is really in her own head. She's, like, her mm-hmm. gem is on her, her head. Gem's on yeah. her head, yeah. She's super, like, directional, even if she's <laughs> going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Like, everything about her is, like, pointed. And there was, like, a quality, too, about Pearl where she needed to be abrasive, like, the most abrasive mm-hmm. of the gems. Like, Amethyst is very welcoming, and so is Garnet in a way. But because Pearl kind of has these, like, walls up and is, like, you know, she needed to be the one who is, like, 
almost like the least huggable in a way. Yeah, you know? she's she's harsh. I mean, that, and I think that's the thing about the way that she's sort of Apollonian is like that stuff is violent and warlike. It's yeah. a symbol like a like a like a cross is like a very Apollonian shape. Yeah, um, she, there's like a power to it, but it's not fluid. She's rigid. Yeah, That's she's what I'm really to say. rigid. She's very yeah, rigid, yeah. as opposed to Amethyst, who is so fluid. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah. as fluid as water. Yeah. Um, in every sense, in a character sense, a pearl is rigid mm-hmm. in every sense. So Shape shifting too. Yeah. Um, so I think that like you talked about how she's like the most abrasive character, um, and I totally agree. I think that like throughout the show, she's sort of she's made so many mistakes and decisions that have uh, caused problems for the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she still manages to be a fan favorite character that's like just adored. Right. So like how do you think that like that's you guys pull that <laughs> off with her? I don't think we're I, well, what do you think? Huh? <laughs> I was just gonna say that I don't know if that's something that the show is the first like Steven Universe is the first to pull off. I mean this is a classic Anti-hero archetype. She's mm-hmm. an anti-hero, she, but she's also funny. She's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like, she's really trying yeah. really hard, and she's failing. But she a fails lot. a lot, uh, yeah. and she doesn't want to admit it. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that's pretty relatable. I think the other thing, and this is a lot subtler, you know, because then I mean, because part of it is just that she's the clothes too tight comedian, where, yeah. where she's just, it's funny that she's really trying, but I think also when she does uh, hurt other characters. Like, what's interesting about Pearl is that she just has no sense that she has any power or control over the situation, which is right. why she's trying so hard. Yeah. Deep down, I feel like we, we do talk about this pretty directly, she she doesn't feel like she really has any control over other characters or any power in any mm-hmm. situation because she, she is a Pearl and she thinks other people are calling the shots. She doesn't think anyone is really listening to her, which is why she's trying to get them to all the time. If she thought yeah. that they did listen to her she wouldn't have to overcompensate so much and i think the flip side of her doing that is that she doesn't she doesn't realize when uh she's really failing these other characters because she doesn't really think she has enough clout in their eyes to be able to fail them in that way and then i think that's also what makes her relate to the audience uh really well because like um I know, like, you know, when you're sort of of the age, say you're like, you know, you're like in high school or you're like a nerd or, or you you feel like you feel like you're kind of beat down by the world. Mm. And then because of that, because you have that like sort of low self-esteem, you feel like you, uh, your actions don't matter. You know, mm. you feel like. You feel like you're free to like hurt other, like to say mean things to other people. Well, you don't think it'll hurt anyone yeah, because you you're don't... just like nobody is going to care what I think, which is exactly which is it and, really a that's kind of like that's I think that's why people relate to Pearl in a way, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think you know, but that's something that it's really important to recognize and yeah. arc out of because. I think people who don't really like if you don't believe other people care about you, then you don't think you have something to lose. Exactly. But but when people do and in Pearl's case, people do. I mean, she's she really crosses these lines. Yeah. Um, It's because she thinks she's not going to affect anything because she has a low opinion of herself, even though she's like constantly covering it up by being smug and overcompensating. And she thinks she's doing everything for other people. She doesn't recognize that she's doing selfish things. She doesn't think she's capable of that. I think that's something that happens. It to- I mean, it happens 
it happens between friends. It happens like between family members. I think that's it's, it's not just a, a really real thing. Yeah, it's a real thing. It's not a good thing. It's a no, really bad thing. It's not good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, well, I, you know what? We try, I'm sorry. We try to be really gray about good and bad. But I mean, I think, yeah. You know, it's I, I guess so. I shouldn't say straight up good and bad, but yeah, it's true. not it's not a helpful thing. It's not a healthy yeah. thing. I think you know you should at least be in a position yeah. where you can recognize that that you're doing hurtful things or can recognize that yeah. people care about you and that you know if you <laughs> if you if you don't think that that's kind of unfair to the people. But yeah, go, I mean, going going them. back to like that kind of anti-hero thing, it's like you know you see Pearl's behavior. It's kind of like when you're watching like a show with an anti-hero and you see them do all the wrong things and you're like you you love to hate that thing i think it might you you we fall into we love the anti-hero because we see them do all the things that we do like when we get something wrong like we see them be selfish and you know we're like ah in some way i'm selfish and that's why i understand this character even though they're doing something wrong Mm. uh pearl is kind of like that to me at least where it's like you see her do the wrong thing, and you're like, "No, stop! Oh gosh!" <laughs> you know, but you can't help but you can't help but be drawn to mm-hmm. it. You know, I think uh, to to me, Pearl has always been. It's, it's very sort of animation specific. Well, or just just kids entertainment specific. But I feel like when you see a lot of media for kids, especially media directed at little girls, it's very heavy with the message that. You will find another person who will validate you, yeah. and and being in a relationship will make you know that you're a worthwhile person. Mm-hmm. And and Pearl is an exploration in what a, a terrible message that is, and yeah. how it can just ruin someone yeah. completely. Yeah. And the thing is that it's not wrong to talk about how a person could be happy in a relationship, but when all you see is like happy endings where you are marrying yeah. someone that you barely know people and that means you win by yeah being in that relationship being defined, yeah by yeah. or being able to have one i think you know she yeah. she feels like all of her worth is tied to her relationship with someone else and without that someone else her worth is zero yeah her mm-hmm. worth in the, yeah um, and, that, and, she, and that opens her up to to make bad decisions yeah and she's looking to get that from somebody else because she doesn't know how to create that in herself yeah. and uh, that's something I was really interested mm-hmm. in exploring. It provides a lot of yeah. room for growth as well, <laughs> you know, like for the character throughout the show. And I think that's something that's been really exciting to watch. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for coming and talking to me. Cool. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So now that we found out all about Pearl, let's go talk to her directly and find out whether or not she's ever going to get that driver's license. I am sitting here with Pearl and Amethyst. Uh, thank you guys for coming and talking to me. Hi. Thank you again for having us. For sure. Thank so, you. so I have some questions for you, Pearl, but Amethyst, feel free to chime in oh, at any time. Will do. Okay, cool. So the first question I have is from James, who wants to know, do you have any fun stories about how you got some of your swords? Oh, um, hello, James. Uh, well, mostly I like to make the swords. Mm. Um, these days, though, they have this store called the Home Depot, and mm-hmm. I'd like oh, to just... Uh, so many tasty snackers in there. Yeah, well, amethyst. <laughs> um, 
I like to collect uh, all the materials that I need, and I like to make the swords. Although, I remember one sword way back in the day, I can remember, about thousands of years ago. There was one sword that was trapped inside of a big rock, Mm -hmm. and uh, apparently a lot of people had difficulty removing it, but uh, um, I was able to collect that one quite quickly, and... uh, Added to my collection. Interesting. I think I might have heard of that one. What's uh, that? I think it's a, a legend, legendary sword. Oh. You still have it? I, 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 I do, I believe. Okay, I would hold on to it. Unless it fell through the cracks into Amethyst's room again. Never going to find it now. Whoops. <laughs> um, okay, another question from Leah, who wants to know, what is the biggest mess that you've ever had to deal with from Steven or the Gems or anything? Excluding my room. Excluding Amethyst's room. Okay, well, hi, Leah. You know how Stephen likes to watch his television shows? Mm-hmm. Well, he likes to have uh, the popping corn to go with it. <laughs> and uh, we used to pop the popping corn in the microwave, but because it's better for the environment, we get the one that we have to put on the stove, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and then one day, sweet Stephen put too many kernels into the pot mm-hmm. and out comes the popping corn all over the kitchen. <laughs> what a mess. <laughs> Although it didn't make too much of a mess because it's dry popping corn, so it was easy to sweep oh. up. Wait, what's wet popping corn? Popping corn? Wait, oh. dry popping corn? As oh, as opposed to, what, like, to uh, wet you know, popping corn? The, the buttered ones. The buttered oh. ones. Wet butter, and then it gets very slippery and mm-hmm. messy. That would have been a disaster. Uh. Yes, that would have been very messy. That's but pretty tame for a mess. I, I would have expected more with amethyst in the house. No offense, amethyst. Well, I was None not. taken. I'm proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So what was it like recently when you guys uh, played Save the Light? You and uh, amethyst sat down and got to play it together. Oh, that was great. It was surprisingly very fun. Pearl's got skills. I'm very good, I think. Oh. I think. I like I like to watch her play more instead of, like, it takes a lot of focus to just, you know, use that controller. So sometimes I like to just watch Pearl play and I jump up and down in front of that screen. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Commentary. Yeah. It, it, it adds, it's like makes it into a sport if you add an additional distraction from, from keeping Pearl from looking at it, you know? Wait, so are you saying I should, like, stand in front of it? Oh, like, well, the screen? You, know, you gotta give him a chance, but you said oh. jumping up and down. Oh, that like, at least gives her a, a chance to... Oh. Well, I guess for a distraction, it's, but... Cause, cause think of it as training. It's good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, next question I have is, do you plan on ever getting your driver's license uh, after you had that run-in with the cops? I have definitely given it some thought mm-hmm. um, because you just should. Yes. Uh, yes. And um, I... Uh, but do you need to? I mean, is well, it possible? That well, is the, the biggest question. I well, St- Stephen, Stephen's getting old enough soon to be getting his own driver's permit. Mm-hmm. And maybe I won't need to. Maybe Stephen can drive me around. He could chauffeur you around? Maybe. But maybe if you did want to get it, I could just shapeshift into, like, your social security card. Can we do that? I don't think so. I think that's this is like getting a weird. felony. <laughs> that's, getting, that's getting us into deeper trouble, yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. That may be a problem. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, let Steven drive you around. <laughs> that seems Happy like the better safe. option, yeah. Uh, the next question I have is, um, uh, talking about cars, what kind of car do you think that you would have? Would you have, like, a sports car or, like, a mom van or... Hmm. Well, I definitely would like one of those football cars. What do you call them? Football cars? Um, what are football I have cars? No idea. Football mother cars or something like oh, that. Oh, soccer mom. The soccer mom car. Yes. Yes. Wait, yes. Football? Everyone... I don't know. Pearl was so Euro. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Isn't that what they call it these days? Football mother cars? It, it's regional. It's a regional thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I can, well, I can it's see spacious. that it's yeah. It's spacious. It's practical. Mm-hmm. All of us can fit inside comfortably, I think. Right. Yeah. No need to shrink. It's, per- it's perfect. The door width is perfect for Garnet to just roll out of. Ah, yeah. So this for is quick true. deployment. This is true. Yes. yes. And I think I think Lion can fit in it, too. Oh. Yeah. Yes. They're safe. They're comfy. Comfy. <laughs> They're comfy. They're safe. This is true. Or and we could get a clown car. Oh. That would be fun. Well... Maybe that could be our second vehicle. <laughs> Alternate vehicle for, for the weekends. <laughs> right. Business in the front, party in the back, you know? Yes. I yes. understand. All right, cool. Thank you guys so much for coming on and talking to me. Thank you so much for having us. Get out of here. Goodbye. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Be nice. <laughs> be nice. <laughs> Love you, Mackenzie. <laughs> Bye. The Steven Universe podcast is produced by Charles Abadje, Stacey Para, and Conrad Montgomery. Special thanks to Rob Sorcher, Cartoon Network Studios, The Crew Universe, and Turner Studios in Atlanta. Join me next Thursday as we take a closer look at Steven's best friend, Connie. Grace Rolick and Zach Callison will be back, and so will Rebecca Sugar and Ian JQ. And you know we're going to be talking to Connie as well. So subscribe to the Steven Universe podcast now at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave us a five-star rating interview while you're there. I'm Mackenzie Atwood, and I'll see you next Thursday. Bye.